Hi, I'm JT Angstrom with FreightWaves. Uh, welcome to the Enterprise Fleet Summit. Joining me today is Steve Martin, SVP of Dedicated Transportation at Ryder. Steve, welcome to the discussion. Thank you for joining us. Uh, thank you, JT. Good morning. Good morning. Um, so the focus of today's discussion uh, is, you know, dedicated services. Um, and obviously, you know, you, 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 you spend, you know, full-time focus on dedicated right now. Can you, can you talk to us a little bit to just to start about your background, just to give the audience some perspective on the roles you've had within Ryder? No, certainly. Um, so currently senior vice president of dedicated transportation, uh, that's Ryder's division that, uh, focuses on, um, you know, driver management, um, uh, providing private fleet, uh, an opportunity to outsource, uh, as well as an increasing service within transportation, kind of a more dedicated capacity, dedicated platform. Work very uh, closely with our supply chain group, uh, that has, uh, uh, facilities across the U.S. Uh, in North America with um, warehousing, transportation management, uh, logistics and brokerage activities and, and providing an integrated solution for a lot of our customers that look for those services. Um, my career with Ryder uh, started about 34 years ago, uh, actually dispatching trucks within the dedicated division. Uh, started there and uh, worked across uh, our verticals in automotive, uh, our high tech and retail uh, segment, spent some time overseas when we were a little bit more international footprint than we have today, and then have uh, come back into this leadership role in the last two years of running our dedicated uh, uh, division. Yeah, that's a very helpful background, and I think that provides a great um, perspective on why you're very well equipped to not just speak to dedicated, but also why riders um uh, a, a great representation of how we can have a dedicated conversation, given the breadth and the depth and the history and experience that that team actually, that that, that, that team and logo has, right? And so with that, this past, call it 13 months, uh, i.e. Since, um, since, since, since the beginning of the pandemic has been really, really unique for truckload um, and has created some unique circumstances for dedicated transportation. You know, one thing that always comes up you know, with shippers, as we talk about, you know, what's your allocation between brokerage, OTR, dedicated, you know, private fleet, um, is, you know, the desire for, uh, on one hand, price stability, uh, and on the other hand, you know, target service metrics. Um, and this is something that, you know, typically uh, a shipper would, you know, would seek service levels with, you know, with a dedicated operation. Um, I'm wondering if you could expand a little bit on over the last 12 or so months, how has Ryder thought about price stability and or price dynamics uh, associated with your contractual freight for your shipping book of business? Yeah, no, certainly, um, JT. I think this um, market cycle has been pretty um, quick and steep as it relates to you know the capacity. But honestly, if you look back, uh, we, we go through these cycles every few years. Um, and, and, you know, to some degree, these cycles may be becoming more, uh, uh, you know, quicker and higher in, um, in severity. So when you kind of think about this whole carrier um, network model, uh, working with shippers, our focus is on how do you build a, how do you build the right network to, to move freight? And whether that's a combination of dedicated and contractual uh, carrier networks, 
how do you look at the freight? How do you look at the, the operations and the service that they are requiring and put together that best package? Um, and I think when you, you see these, these points of severity, certainly dedicated, dedicated capacity has and, and contractual freight have a play in providing a higher service level or higher commitment. Um, and honestly, it, it, it helps both sides. You know, I think when you go back and look at these cycles, the, um, you know, whether it's, uh, you know, carriers moving rates because it's a, it's in a tight capacity market or it's shippers looking for, you know, a different network or a different carrier model because, you know, there's lots of capacity. But over time, if you were to normalize that, uh, I think the best equation is, is building a strong carrier base, carrier network. And then looking at your freight of how much of that should be moving in a dedicated or dedicated capacity manner. Because I, I think that model over time actually provides you with a lower total cost of moving freight. And, and you get away from this chasing the cyclicality. So that's, that's really one of the things that we work on. We've got a lot of uh, logistics engineers and, and uh, analytical capabilities to try to find that match for how freight should move um, and really looking at the combination of services as the answer. Yeah, that's a really tremendous overview in talking about both the pricing implications, the service implications, the elements around cyclicality, um, and all combined the different dynamics that you know shippers deal with throughout throughout you know quarters and years. And thinking through that, when you go to market dealing uh, to serve large customers, how do you think about crafting? working with the customer, the shipper, to craft the appropriate value proposition for that company specifically? I think it, um, you know, it certainly starts with understanding who they're servicing, what the customer base is. Uh, if you look at uh, some of the larger uh, retail customers and the service penalties that are applied to on-time delivery, kind of perfect delivery, how do you look at that and, and understand the full cost implications of not being able to meet that? So if you're if you're dealing in a market like we are today, where you've got 25% plus uh, first tender rejection, you certainly are going to want to have more of your freight moving in a contractual or capacity secure manner, because your service fees are going to go up uh, in terms of your penalties. Um, we work with customers relative to the level of inventory they want to hold. So understanding velocity in the supply chain. Um, we've got several customers where we've been able to install a relay model using team drivers to move or single drivers in a relay model to move freight in a team transit um, timeline. So greatly enhances the inventory carrying cost and the ability to support a JIT um, operation. And it really, a JT, I think at the end of the day, if you could get a lot of data to do that analytics, it's best for the carrier. It allows them to really look at the model, look at the, um, the historical cycles of their freight, whether it's a month end, quarter end, or some other level of seasonality. So really understanding that and using that to also create this, um, this business model for how to move the freight. Because there are certain customers where we're gonna want to have the type of flex deal to, to deal with seasonality or to deal with a quarter end push and you, you may not want to set that up as a top line um 100 dedicated operation so how do you come through and understand the peaks 
and then set up a business model that allows you to cut those peaks off and handle them uh, in an appropriate way. Yeah, I think that's a really good overview of how you can use a dedicated um, mentality or approach to to uh, the movement of freight to craft uh, a differentiated offering for a shipper. You talked a little bit about um, relay, relaying within there uh, to, to, to hit team style uh, service metrics. You know, the unique element of that is not just the costs or the cost savings associated with that, but also the implications for the drivers who get to still maintain their own cab while uh, providing team style service, um, which, which, you know, is a lever around, around turnover positively. You know, additionally, oh, yeah. go ahead. I was going to say, absolutely. Right, right. And, and, you know, we would be, um, um, we, we wouldn't be serving ourselves justice if we didn't bring up explicitly the fact that whether you're talking dedicated team, solo, you know, OTR, however you want to craft it, at the end of the day, it all comes down to the driver always, right? And so um, I think, I think, I think that's a good opportunity for act, for us to actually describe or, or talk a bit about what a dedicated dedicated style service means intrinsically for drivers and how that uh, in, intrinsically, um, uh, how those costs do or don't get passed through to shippers, right? And can we talk? So within that, can we talk a little bit about what the lifestyle implications are for crafting a dedicated style uh, network for a shipper? Uh, the lifestyle implications for drivers, what that kind of means for your turnover, how that then provides uh, the opportunity for you to better balance those those costs and then pass that through to shippers. Yeah, no, um, um, certainly, JT. I think, you know, dedicated operations obviously have uh, more stability, more reliability on both sides, shipper and carrier, you know, allowing the allowing the shipper to understand who's going to be there every day, um, how the freight's going to be moved, um, the carrier being able to establish the, the right balance in their network. Uh, and when you're thinking of fully dedicated, really understanding what is the routes, what is the network and customer base that you're servicing. You know, from a driver's perspective, uh, there's value in all three of those, right? And understanding where they're going to be every day, what their work week's going to look like uh, that can that will um, associate itself with you know what their pay is going to be so you get more predictability in um, in what they're going to earn and they have the ability to plan time off um, you know drivers have families and so their ability to plan time with their families or to plan the type of um, uh, events that they that they need to go to doctor events um, life events you know, a dedicated operation allows uh, for the drivers to have a little bit more predictability in their work week, as well as, uh, you know, giving them an understanding of the business that they're servicing. So when you think about uh, um, really understanding the customers that they're serving, uh, understanding the freight increases their ability to become a participant in how do we improve the network. And that's one of the things that we see in our dedicated operations especially when um, you know the drivers are having to perform unloading activities at a customer's location you know their ability to understand what um, is required in that delivery and understand what's required back at the distribution center 
and then working with our customers and our distribution um, um, teams, how do we load that freight in, in, a, in a proper way that allows for a smoother delivery? So I think all of that plays into you know, a higher quality of life uh, in terms of that uh, kind of full view of a dedicated versus over the road. Absolutely. And I, th- I think that's a really important point to note that the higher quality of life is a lever on reducing turnover. That reduction of turnover has direct financial implications. But furthermore, the higher your retention is of an individual driver on a dedicated piece of freight or route or, or customer relationship also acts as a lever for you to provide better service to that actual end customer because you're not constantly swapping out drivers. And so it all sort of ties together, um, which, is, which is a very unique element of the dedicated model and operation. Yeah, no, that's, um, you know, definitely we see the turnover in dedicated operations much lower. Um, I think drivers have a say in what and how they're doing the work. It, uh, they become a real participant in the, in the, uh, the process in terms of improving what they do and how they do it. And I think that leads to uh, it leads to a greater retention. Um, they really it's part of a part of a full team in terms of supporting that customer. You know, many of our, our dedicated drivers, um, you know, they wear the uniform of our customers. They're the final representation of that customer's business in front of their customers, and we take that um, we take that very seriously, and the drivers do as well in terms of being that representative. Yeah. Yeah, that's remarkable. And that's also a a tremendous place to leave off. Um, And so with that, Steve, we are coming to a close on time. Um, Thank you very much for your time. This has been an enlightening discussion on dedicated truckload. Always fun to talk about. Again, always ends with, uh, uh, you know, the most important element of the operation does come down to the driver. And it sounds like you guys have really figured out the right mousetrap for taking care of your drivers and subsequently the shippers. Well, JT, thank you for the opportunity to talk today. Thank you. Take care. I'm JT Angstrom with Freight Waves. This has been the Enterprise Fleet Summit. Thank you for joining us and have a nice day.